I'm coming, my baby. Forget a crocodile burger, my baby. Show you a lick now you work. Hello, my listeners. Baby. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast. I'm Libby Hanley. And I'm Nick Holterman. And this is Industry Babies. The podcast. The podcast. From two people who know what they're talking about. Now Nick finally has a job, which means he's employed again by the entertainment industry after a long hiatus. Um, And as two people who have held between us like seven jobs in two years (laughs) um, around the town of Hollywood, and it's even taken me to Budapest. um, Should we like say what we do, so to speak? Is that allowed? I work... For a manager, and she and Libby works for. I a, work a on a TV show. We have a special guest, Katie Adler, who is a former alum of the school we all went to. That's not the right word. <laughs> who no, is a former okay. classmate <laughs> and who works in publicity, so she's also an industry baby. Katie is here to talk to us about um, her favorite topic, which is award season. She is a publicist, or is it PR, Katie? Which one is it? I I'm I work in publicity or I work in PR. It doesn't either way. And Katie used to be a page. Like what's his name? Kate, what's his name um, in Thirty Rock? Kenneth, That's what Kenneth Katie from used Thirty to be. Rock. Katie used to be Kenneth in Thirty Rock. Nick, are you having a good time at your job? It's like what, week two? Yeah, it's good. I like it. I like doing tasks. Katie and I are similar in that. Sure. Yeah, you and Katie love computer work. We love computer work. <laughs> well, I like getting an email and then responding to it and then I've done something. Yeah, it's fun. It's so rewarding. But I'm always like, I could do this. The pleasure centers in my brain getting rewarded for like sending emails and scheduling meetings and like doing calls would also be satisfied if I did that in any other industry that paid more. So it starts... You think? Then I I start feeling like, well, why am I doing this if I could just do this? No, it's so much like through osmosis. Yeah, but... The thing about my old job is that I liked a lot. I loved doing the computer work, <laughs> but I did not like doing the calls. The calls were really draining for me because if you have to be on the phone all the time, it's less fun to do the emails. But going oh, yeah. from like literally staring at my MacBook all day to being on my feet all day is like is a, definitely an adjustment. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that, but not all of us could do what you do. You don't think me. you'd ever want to be on set, baby girl? I don't think so. You were basically on set on the reality show. That was so fun. And we should talk about that next week. Um, when I did Mank, I was like literally sitting Stop. in a chair the entire time and I still... <laughs> I forgot that Nick was in Mank. You say when I did Mank like you were Gary Oldman. Right, yeah. Wait, did you get a featured extra credit? He's not in the credits. No, they they exploited us. I checked. We were supposed to be... We were supposed does that to be, count like, if you want to get a SAG card? Uh, yeah, it does actually. I have two out of three. Like, I, if I did one more, I could get... Because it's based on hours. So, like, I did enough hours <laughs> to get, like, two or three. I could be in Zag. Like, after one more project. No, but Gargana kept being like, this is so fucked up because we are only extras, but we should be featured extras because there's only ten of us and we're on camera all the time. Yeah. And, and you have like, your yeah, I mean, how many hours? How many hours a day was that set? Every call time was different, but it was normally, like, 5 a.m., like, 6 a.m. call time. And then we got out at, like... Hair and makeup. Yeah, and then, like, I feel like I went home around, like, sometimes, I don't know, like, seven or eight or nine. Damn. It was fucking, and it was only for one scene. Only for one scene. But I sat, I remember, like, I would fall asleep in the, I would You're distractingly bad in it. I know. You (laughs) know why? Because I received, like. (laughs) Like, you can't hold a cup? 
Because they were like, hold it like this. Like, I did it normally every single take. No, I swear to God. Like, yeah. I'm not just saying this. Right. I'm literally not just saying this. Is this. What, this is what you talk about in your little, in the college short film. You say, you blamed it on the director too. <laughs> and that was actually also surrounding a cup. That was also surrounding a cup. I don't you know what to do with cup. my hands. So I actually remember that take because I was like, I'm going to try something different. Because the guy was like, hold, like, you're, you're holding it too far in front of you. So just like, go like more like this. And so I did it. And then... The rest is history. I'm not good at holding objects. <laughs> I wish that like, had one best picture. I hate being on camera unless it's like my own phone. And I don't like knowing that like everything I'm doing is suddenly like could be different. Like I get in my head and I'm like, oh, how am I holding yeah. the cup? Gargana actually. This is an unadulterated time of you not texting that has happened in years. <laughs> this I know. It's amazing to get your undivided attention for so long. It's like I'm doing really well good, on not texting days. so much because I'm actually doing really well on not texting so much because I have realized how um, detrimental it is to my brain. Mm-hmm. Wait, Katie, is it like a more fun time at your job because um, it's award season? No, I'm not really looped in on it. Mm. So people don't really tend to share my enthusiasm for it, which is part of what's frustrating. But I mean... My sister and I have friends who work more closely in it, so I talk to them about it more than my colleagues. Right. But, like, your projects aren't focused on campaigning. No. The ones that are, like, we're not involved with, other people run that part of the campaign because it's its own Mm. specialty. Wow. Like, they work with the studio. Yeah, or the studio just has a team internally that does it. Mm. All right, so let's start off with music, then. Walk like an Egyptian. Nick, do you want to read us the Billboard Hot 100? Do you do the top 10 or the top 5? I care about the top 10, but the top 5 is interesting in its own way. Oh. Well, top 5 is like its own metric. Like, it will be like, oh, this is someone's first top 10 hit. But then it will be like, oh, but this is their first top 5 hit. And it's like an arbitrary. Okay, whatever. Um, Well, so basically, for those that don't know, the Billboard compiles... <laughs> all the top listened to songs of the week through various metrics like streaming radio sales i think like itunes sales and every every each of those has like its own weight and i don't really know which one is the most i think radio is actually the most important um i think it is the, yeah it's probably radio and then streaming is like the least important um but right now easy on me by adele from her fourth album 30 is number one and it has been number one pretty much since it came on the charts i think it's in week nine so it's doing very well and then number two is we don't talk about bruno from the encanto (laughs) cast so the top two are my two least favorite things you don't like encanto i don't like animation okay we'll get back to that um and then number (laughs) three is heat waves by glass animals number four that makes me sad that's we'll get back to that as well four is is stay by the kid Leroy and justin bieber which is fine. Five is Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. Six is Shivers by Ed Sheeran. Seven is Push and Pee by Gunna and Future featuring <laughs> Young Thug. Eight is ABCDFU by Gail. Katie, you like that song. <laughs> and nine, and nine, with her fourth top ten hit, is Cold Heart with Elton John and Dua Lipa. And then 10 is Surface Pressure by Jessica How Jarrett. many top 10 hits has Elton John had? Bro, like a million. I don't know. He has like eight number one songs, I think. Um, 
Oh, Industry Baby just fell out of the top 10. It's at 13 now. Last week um, it was at like 7 because I checked. Yeah. In preparation for this. I, the big thing, the problem I have with this chart, other than it being boring, is because the same song's been number one for months now, is I don't like, um, I agree with you, Libby, I don't like animated musicals, family animated musical dramedies, and I don't like that the soundtracks do so well. I don't like that Frozen has a place in our pop culture. And I don't like how We Don't Talk About Bruno is actually like the number, it's like the highest charting, is it Pixar or Disney? Mm, I think no. it's Pixar. I don't actually know. No, I don't think it's Pixar. I think it's Disney. Like Disney has like animated features that aren't Pixar, I think. But it's like the best. Yeah, it's, it's Walt the Disney highest, Animation Studios. Yeah, it's the highest that like a Disney song has ever gotten. Like it, it's outselling Let It Go from Frozen. Like none of them Don't have ever hit number one. Don't you think it's because of TikTok? Probably. I've never heard it on TikTok, but maybe I'm on a different side of TikTok. Oh, really? I always hear it on TikTok. That's the only reason I know what it is. We don't oh, really? talk about Bruno. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good for them. It's like, you know, it's a good movie, apparently. I just like, don't care about drawn, drawn people, like drawn Wait, but none of like Paint with the Colors of the Wind or something never went number one or something, like any of those. I feel no. like there's really famous ones that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, they're, oh, like Under the Sea? <laughs> no, I think... Uh, I don't know, Lion King. Right? Lion King, the circle of life. Is that radio friendly though? Isn't there I don't know, I don't swearing? think I don't understand why Adele's radio friendly. Like it's sad. Like middle aged people like just like going on the adult contemporary channel and like listening to it. But Heat Waves by Glass Animals is actually something I want to highlight. Um, Part of Your World by Little Mermaid. Yes, that, that one. You've that got feel, a friend that in me. That feels big. That feels big too. I don't know. Bare necessities. I'm not a hater of Disney and its songs. I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't resonate with me anymore. Um, like it does like Jack's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> no, he loves We Don't Talk About Bruno and he's a Disney dad. Well, I think at this point, yeah, you're either a Disney adult or you're not a Disney adult. Well, I think there's three categories actually. I think there's like a Disney adult, which is its own thing and terrifying. And then you have non-Disney adults and then you have people who are like, closet disney adults and aren't like necessarily like going to disneyland every weekend but they that's my mom like they actually really really like disney and they think it's like super cherished that's my mom and that's me honestly i love epcot i've never been to epcot i've never been to walt disney world my sister went there um and went to disneyland disney paris um while i was in actual paris well there's an epcot in paris i thought there was only an epcot no no ali holterman went to epcot in florida and went to the epcot paris to get a um, French 75 uh, drink and they were drinking yeah their I've way. never she been when I could drink and that's what I want to do yeah she and her sister-in-laws were drinking their way through the international part of Epcot but I was looking at the stories when I was in actual Paris and I because uh, there's a Disney there's a Disney in Paris right I think there is yeah it's huge it's like Disneyland Paris is huge Disneyland Tokyo Tokyo um okay after Encanto is glass is heat waves by glass animals which to me, feels sad. Do you agree? <laughs> the song or that it's been there for so long? It hasn't been Katie, there you can long. talk. Katie. I get nervous to talk. I think it had, like, it has some stat. Like, it's been in the Hot 100, but it had feels the like longest descent to the top it, it's, 10. Yeah, it's been in the Hot 100 for 53 weeks. I guess I'm, I'm, lo- someone, I'm looking at the numbers. Someone call it a year. It's too okay. sad of a song, and I won't listen to it. I don't think it's sad, but my personal connection to it is, first of all, it's 2014, Glass Animals, like, kind of comes onto the scene. And you really like it, because mm-hmm. you're, like, 17. 
right? I loved Glass Animals in high school. Yeah, it's like Tumblr music. It was like cool, like Tumblr indie music. And then you like forget about them, right? And then one day, Trey Holterman comes into the kitchen and puts on Heat Waves. Like this is like summer 2021 onto the Alexa in the kitchen. And I didn't even know they were still making music. And then I was no, talking to Lily. You're tra- you mean summer 2020, I think. Whenever. Yeah, 2020. Then I was talking to Lily and she was like, can we play Heat Waves by Glass Animals in the car? And this is 2021. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this song? And I keep hearing it everywhere. And it and it's fine. It's a good song. I like, I like it. I don't think it's bad. But then they got nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys. Hmm. Which doesn't make which doesn't make any sense because But that's what everybody they, always says about Best New Artist nomination. Yeah, the rules never make sense. Lizzo was nominated. But I feel like they always say that because like oh like Dua Lipa got Best New Artist. Wasn't well, like, Kate Renata was nominated last year. Yeah, I mean it's but like I feel like Glass Animals is the biggest disparity of like somewhere that's actually like they've literally been around for a decade. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Like it's different when it's like like Justin Bieber got nominated for Best New Artist like a year and a half after he blew up, and that was like, okay, you know, it takes a while. Like the Grammys, mm-hmm. Katie can get Katie can into awards, can she? The the like every the awards just always feel so sluggish <laughs> and like behind what's going on in actual like current culture, you know? Yeah, but it's also like weird campaigns from the fans. I think there were three separate years where all of the Blackpink fans thought that they would get nominated for Best New Artist. And like theoretically, for any other type of category, you would only have one year of eligibility because of when the song came out or when your first album came out or something like that. I mean, every single thing at the Grammys is a sham. And so this is a sham category. Like yeah. imagine if I like mean, there was Best New Actor, you know? There used to be one, I think, right? There used to be I like, don't know. A, like debut. Achievement from like a kid, but they would give it out selectively. If there was only a really good kid that year, yeah. but then they stopped because like they were. Well, I wonder they stopped because like because like pageant moms were like like hustling their kids to like be Shirley Temple, and it was bad for their health. You think but Shirley they're... ever did meth? Oh God! Totally. They definitely fed her meth. Wait, what, did Shirley die like an untimely death, or did, no, she, 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 still alive? did she see old age? She's alive. Right? Or no she died? Way. There's no chance. Oh, she's... Oh, no, she died. <laughs> no, Shirley Temple died in 2014, which is kind of recently. That's very recent to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was 84. 86. Really, she was 86. Who am I thinking of that was, like, very little and never grew up? Um, Shirley Temple's actually younger than, than, than Betty White. But she was an actress, and then she wasn't an actress when she was an adult. And then she became a, a UN ambassador or something. Naturally. And that's why she's so iconic, in a way. The actor to UN Ambassador Pipeline. Emma Watson, didn't she do that too? Yeah. He, no, she, she's like UNICEF. No, she did like something. Power of the Girl something. She's UN, a feminist. She's a feminist. I know, but we're talking like the actor to... Shirley was the ambassador to Czechoslovakia. To Activism yeah. Pipeline. Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of... That's actually what you do, you're doing right now. <laughs> and she was actually the ambassador to Ghana. You're the ambassador to Hungary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm fixing relations. Um, okay, so music. Music is boring. Um, I'm done with it. Just okay, kidding. so we got through the top three. We got through three. We got through three. I mean, okay, look, we'll go through them again. Well, we, we'll go through... No, don't go through them again. No, we're not going to go through them again. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I, I, like, I'll go through the other ones. Like, here's the thing is, like... I What do you think about Push and P? I actually haven't listened to it yet. I've just appropriated the meme. But you've heard it on TikTok. Honestly, like I haven't been on TikTok a lot in the past two weeks since I started my my big boy job. 
like I go on it, like I like aggressively scroll through it for like 10 minutes, but I don't get on. I'm stuck on the side of TikTok where it's like, here's how to get super viral with your seven second video that with a lot of text that no one can read and then they have to rewatch it. Do you see those ones? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, look, the other, the rest of the top 10 is just like songs that are incredibly listened to and 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 everywhere on TikTok and the radio and whatnot. Like, but I don't know those. I don't know them either. I'm going to be quite honest. I've been like neglecting my duties and not listening <laughs> to a lot of music. Like I've been listening to the same like. What is this, what's his Ed Sheeran renaissance? Does he have an album out or is that a single? He's coming out with an album. It's Shivers, yeah. But that was like that was like a big thing on Popheads. I'm again a frequenter on the Reddit pop subreddit, and that was a huge thing when he came out with the song. They were like really mad about it. They really wanted him off because he's not uh, using the final symbol. No, they don't like him because he's just not a. He's just not. He doesn't slay. He's not in there. You know. And I quote. But you know He's how he has one more symbol to use? Oh, really? And then he'll do oh, the, like the four. Ma- oh, the algebra symbols. Do we like the algebra symbols? Um, well, I think that you should finish what you started. I thought you meant like a musical symbol. No, he does He does algebra, <laughs> Katie. It's plus, minus. Oh, wait, he hasn't done a minus, though. He's done a divide. He's never done a minus. Because he's all, right. yeah. But that would be. Positive mindset, I guess. <laughs> but dividing, I guess dividing is more productive than minusing minusing is like a net as always bad i mean dividing is like an interesting looking symbol i think yeah my mom saw the divide concert i think i did too <laughs> that's the one he went on for like three years he just kept adding tour dates and then he broke a ton of records yeah it's like the highest grossing tour ever or, or something of like his solo because artist it, what the because fuck? it lasted for years he went to all the because same moms because my mom and moms love ed sheeran it's so easy because you can go to an ed sheeran concert and like sit down and relax and just like watch him play his lute <laughs> yeah his, his little his little banjo does he like jump around or is like he pretty stagnant no. I don't know, actually. I think he's the male Adele. Yeah, I think he stays at the mic for most of it because he has the foot pedal and the guitar. I mean, he's yeah. definitely the male Adele. He's the male Adele, except he's not coming out of a pool. Is that real or was that just a rumor? At least Adele is finishing what she started and she named that thing 30. Yeah, I can't wait for like 80. I can't wait for 80. Do you think she'll retire from music? You want her to. You wish she would. Don't you have to lose your voice at some point, kind of? She already had vocal surgery, didn't she? She kind of already... I feel like if any musician to, like, lose their voice, it's going to be her. Because doesn't she, like, famously, like, smoke a lot? And, like... Or maybe she stopped. Well, she's going to lose her voice when she falls in the pool at Caesar's Palace. Right. Should we talk about that? I kind of want to talk about that. I was thinking about that today. Yeah. How Adele canceled her tour. And the Vegas residency culture. Is it canceled forever? No, it's delayed. It's post... It's postponed, but my Vegas source says that it's probably never going to happen. But I don't know how. Your Vegas source. Like, but Katie, that Katie is. just added new dates. Yeah, it, it, they exist in parallel universe because Adele's a union buster and Katie's not. Why? Katie doesn't cross the picket line. Adele doesn't hire. Did you not read that article? <laughs> no. Adele's a union buster. Do, do they even have unions in Britain? It's Vegas. <laughs> yeah. There are like unions. There but... are like production unions for. It's a cultural difference. Oh, in England? I don't know, actually. No, they have these Vegas, like, residency unions, and she famously, I don't, and she's just, like, not using them. Didn't you see that article? Like, Gaga likes using using the unions, and Adele doesn't. Mm-mm. And Adele, like, had all these stipulations. Like, she gutted Caesars and, like, redid it. To quote my Vegas source, if it was good enough for Celine, why isn't it good enough for Adele? I mean, Adele's better than Celine at, like, at this point. 
I mean, two bitches with no vision. I mean, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense to me to have a Vegas residency. If you're just gonna sit there and say, "What's for?" If you're just gonna stand there, because she's in LA. Well, yeah, because it's like tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the tides have shifted. I think that the Katy Perry residency is uh, is cool. Indicative of that. Yeah. That now we're ushering in a new era. If you think about it, like, touring never... I guess touring did kind of make sense because it's kind of like the circus is coming to town. Like, it's kind of cool like that. But, like, if you're an artist, why would you ever want to bring all... Like, why would you ever want to go through all the logistics of, like, completely... Like, they have to gut and reset and, like, completely set up all these stadiums across the world. It kind of makes sense for people to come to you than for you to go to the people. Exactly. Like, it seems so much more logical to sit in one place in this giant venue that you know is like not gonna have issues because you're not like scrambling to fix to like you know set it up especially if you can make the tickets like since you do it so much so often if you can make the tickets cheaper and then people can just like get to vegas for the same price that they'd get a one tour date in their city yeah and it's also kind of a sunk cost like it's like oh like we'll go to vegas we'll have a weekend we'll go see the show we'll do other things rather than like pay an equal amount of money to like go to the 49er stadium and watch cheering you know mm-hmm. i've been to like a couple like actual concerts famously i saw muse with my dad <laughs> when i was you've like, only been to 10. a couple concerts <laughs> like aside from like college concerts and like like outside lands and coachella which i guess counts as like something else i've only been to i guess i went to 100 gex i've only been to like two concerts really like actual concerts that i paid money to go see well no because then we also saw some concerts in the aragon ballroom didn't we didn't we see the Chainsmokers? Like, I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about that. Like, I've never really been... Oh, I saw J Balvin, actually. I guess I've seen, like, three big concerts. You've seen a lot of concerts. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. actually, kind of, kind of a lot. But I, that's the thing, is, like, it stresses me out to, like, buy Macklemore. a ticket on... <laughs> Should we end this? <laughs> and I also saw, yesterday, a picture of Macklemore looking really hot. How old is he now? Like, 40? I bet he was, like, 28 when he, like... I feel like he was randomly older when he, like, popped off. And I could be wrong. Yeah. He Didn't he like win Best Artist? He was late mm-hmm. 20s coded. How many number ones do you think he has, Katie? Pop quiz. Two. Three. Two. Ha <laughs> ha. You did more research. What is it? It's Thrift Shop and it's the sad one about being gay. No, it's Can't Hold Us. The sad one about being gay, I think, oh. went like five or something. The sad one about being gay is r- really crazy. He's 38. And I can't change even, even if, if I try. I try he's not even, <laughs> even carrying the song I she's carrying the song to. yeah i don't she's remember if he's in is... something else she's gay i think yeah that's it's not the point i have no idea what the point of that there needs to be is. a gay one when i was in 12th grade i thought it was gay and i liked because i liked to draw it was like third grade i liked to draw <laughs> and my uncle and my uncle said yes or something <laughs> yeah it was like no it was like i liked to draw pictures and i thought i was gay because i draw drew pictures and because he knew a gay person, I think. And my uncle I'm glad gay. that we forgot about him. I, I feel like he's a really nice person, though. The early 2010s were definitely a renaissance for, like, white rappers. Asher Raw. What's the other one? Eminem. <laughs> Mac Miller. No. Mac Miller. And who's the other? No, the one that... Sammy Adams? Brother is dating. Oh, d- Yeah. Hoodie Allen? Hoodie Allen. Allen. <laughs> and, and, and who's the guy... There's the guy that we met. Asheroth. Wait, is Asheroth the college one? What is it? Yeah. What's but he was a little earlier than that. He was like when we were in like elementary school, I think. Uh, he won Best New Artist. 
Asher Roth? No, he didn't. <laughs> you can just pull <laughs> that out. <laughs> Wait, he should have. No, he should have. He should have. Um, can we talk about movies now? No, I think that we should talk about how um, it's crazy that Neil Young and now some girl boss. What's her Joni name? Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Some girl boss. <laughs> Are taking their songs off Spotify because Joe Rogan is anti-vax. I thought that the whole point of Joe Rogan was that, like, he was liberal, but he, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, he's, like, he's, like, Red Scare. He's, like, dirtbag left in a weird way. Oh, really? Like, well, no, he's, like, in that weird cohort of, like, I feel like he's a crypto bro in a way. Like, he's, like, uh, you know, like, I feel like he's, like, But he's vaccinated, right? He himself is. No, he's not. I mean... I feel like they all are, but they just lie and they say they're not. Um, well, I literally he, try to stay. If I ever see his name, I do not click on it. Like, I try to stay so, so, so far away from him that, like, I can't even begin to fathom what goes on in that podcast. Except, like, one day, the other day, because all this was going on, I finally just watched something. And he it was just him getting absolutely owned by some guy about the rate of COVID in, in children. Like his guest? Yeah. Oh, wow. He gets owned. It's really crazy. I'm not into, like, owning culture. I'm not into, like, getting owned compilations culture. If Taylor Swift was who she says she is, she would do that, too. She already I hates agree. Spotify. She Wait, what do you mean? Take Spotify. her music off? Yeah, she should yeah. take her fucking music off. She would fucking Why doesn't destroy she take her fucking Joe music Rogan. Off? I think if she took her music off, that would be a, that would be a big thing. Yeah. Because she doesn't did it she... that one time. She doesn't have control, though, I thought, over... Oh, cause scooter. Maybe no, I swear. But we can't. Wait, but did you see the thing? Did you see the thing that Neil Young posted his statement about it? I didn't read it. His statement is like, I wanted to take my music off Spotify because Joe Rogan, and then I found out that actually I didn't have the power to do that, but I did it anyways because I I was going to do it, and then luckily my record label actually got behind me eventually. Like. It's it's a funny it's a funny statement if you read it. He walks you through the. Oh, let me read it. Let me let me do it dramatically. You should just pull it up. Just cite it. Actually, some might say. Um. Yes. Okay. This is the part of the statement that he said, which is really funny. Before I told my friends at Warner Brothers about my desire to leave the Spotify platform, I was reminded by my own legal forces that contractually I did not have the control of my music to do that. I announced I was leaving anyways because I knew I was. <laughs> I was prepared to do all I could and more just to make sure that happened. And then I wanted to thank my truly great and supportive record company, Warner Brothers, for standing with me. So they, so he couldn't do it, but then he could, is the TLDR. Somehow he had the power to remove it, although I think that Warner Brothers could have just put it right back up. Mm. You know, but they, they stood by him. And I, I, I think it does, it's a huge loss. It's 60% of streaming. No, of revenue. So he's losing out on a dollar. Yeah. He also gets his name out there, and then more people probably seek him out yeah. other ways. Well, I feel like people, like, I... They don't make money off that anyways. Neil Young makes yeah. money off of licensing... Uh, touring. All that... And the people... Licensing yeah. all that music to be in old man movies. And the people who listen to Neil Young are not on Spotify anyways. They're, like, listening to his CDs. Yeah, it's literally people who already, like, own that CD. Yeah, and they're putting <laughs> it on their... And they're, like, having a dinner party and putting it on... I don't know. Just wait. I'm gonna. Do I know what his music? It's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. But I always mix him up with Neil Diamond. You know. Uh no. I always mix him up with Neil Diamond. Wait, is Neil Diamond a person? I'm sounding like a fucking idiot. 
Who do I like? Neil Diamond. Yeah, I like Neil Diamond. Is that what we're talking about? I know, but that's the other Neil I like. And then who makes Uptown Girl is Billy Joel. I always mix these people up. Okay. Billy Joel is a <laughs> big thing. Yeah, so is Neil Young. Neil Young's like a big guy too. They're all... Joni Mitchell is bigger though, and you didn't know who you... What did you call her? I know who Joni Mitchell is, I just couldn't remember. I get her... Com- I, I was thinking it was uh, maybe... Uh... Oh, I know who you're thinking of. No, who's the girl, the woman, the woman even... Who sings Carly Simon? Carly Simon. I thought you were Carly, Simon. Carly Simon. No, that's she's a great. You're so vain. You're so vain's a great. They're song. both great. great song. You probably think this song is about you, don't you? <laughs> You're so vain. That's actually probably the best song of all time. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so they took their music off Spotify, and that's awesome. Yeah, and good I think for them. Taylor Swift should stand up to fake news on this podcast we're taking down corporations we're holding them accountable i think spotify is way less evil way less evil than apple duh because it's swedish Swedish. and swedish people can't be evil (laughs) (laughs) okay well he won't sell he can make way more money if he sold information and he doesn't sell any of the information because that's how, like, everything oh. makes money these days. Like, dating apps and shit. Like, they make yeah. money because they sell your data. And he would have so much data to sell back into the record labels and stuff. And he doesn't sell it. But maybe he does now. Good for Bjorn. I know. Good for I, I don't know if he does now, but he didn't when I when I looked into him. When you, when you did your vetting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably five years ago. Katie, you are not on Spotify, right? You're just on <clears throat> Tidal. Correct. I've been on Spotify before, but I've never, like, made a playlist or really owned the space. You're so interesting. I'm the only title person you know? I just think you're interesting for that. I just, okay, here's what I don't understand. is like, all these big artists, like, love to be, like, streaming's awful. And I think streaming is truly, like, so awful if you're, like, an indie small musician who, like, wants to make money being an artist. Wait, but I don't get, like, they don't seem any less rich than they, than people were 20 years ago. I guess maybe tickets are more expensive and that actually sucks for us. Yeah. No, it's all from touring and endorsements. I mean, there's way more revenue streams now than ever yeah. that somebody who's a musician could have with like yeah. licensing to different yeah. shit. Yeah. And like you're basically an influencer. So it's Brand like subsidized. Deals. Well, yeah. like it sucks because like people who are like up and coming musicians like just make no money on Spotify but i feel like if you were up and coming in the 80s you, you wouldn't make money anyways exposure. because people aren't buying yeah because people aren't buying your music anyways back then you know unless you finally pop off like yeah you would make millions of dollars off of album sales but i don't understand how back then like you would even get distributed that widely so even if somebody found out about you like your fucking cousin saw you, like you lo- like they saw somebody live and and they like sent you an email not an email a whatever the fuck what is it a mail a snail mail what what no so that's what i'm saying is that like if across the country somebody told you that they had just seen this really cool band like would you even be distributed as widely that that person could then go to their record store and find it i don't know well that's the question is like how the fuck do people get famous in the olden days i think it was a smaller pool. it's so crazy I know it was a smaller pool, but it's so like what, like like Mariah Carey like handed her demo just to to Tommy Mottola one day like at a party and like imagine if like you dropped the demo on the way to the party 
and then that's your music and you couldn't give it to someone like there was no it's crazy it's so stressful to think about it's like cheetah girls everything ties back to cheetah girls a relic of the past wait what happens in cheetah girls they get it they drop their demo off at somebody oh and they get the record and they try to change them and oh yeah yeah wait i once canceled on i I canceled on a play date with my childhood best friend kevin to watch cheetah girls the premiere on disney channel because I was a big Raven, I was a big Raven fan. I was a huge Raven fan. Raven was huge in my household. Like we worshipped Raven, as a yeah, personality. we loved Raven too. That's a Raven is one of those shows like your parents would watch and be like, "This is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, this is good. Yeah. Like the kids are watching intelligent humor." Yeah, that's the best. She was like, she was a multi hyphenate before. Yeah, she could like sing. she well, she also just like I don't know. She seemed like a businesswoman or something. Yeah, she was way larger than life. Like it was crazy. Yeah, you'd think she had come from like some celebrity family or something honestly no she was just some talented like she to me felt way bigger than hillary duff like i didn't really understand hillary duff until recently honestly like i, I feel Lizzie like my McGuire older only sister only had two seasons well yeah like episodes. i remember watching lizzie and my, my older sister was like i like hillary duff but not more than like like to me raven felt like more of a tv fixture but people love to be like hillary duff was so iconic which maybe she was i don't know was she um, that show was quirkier with like the animation and then the movie i would say was more out there than raven ever got to be raven always felt way older than me and i think lizzie mcguire was supposed to be 13 and raven was like in high school and even if raven wasn't like raven wasn't having sex and stuff but i still feel like it was like unrelatable yeah what maybe she was was she she was supposed to be in high school right isn't lizzie supposed to be in high school no lizzie's supposed to be in middle school because eighth grade graduation is when she <clears throat> meets powder. Oh my god! Talk what? about grooming! Oh my god! Ew! Wait. <laughs> my mom didn't let me go see that movie in theaters because it was a eighth you know, grade it wasn't graduation. A good lesson that we learned. And Paolo's how old? Like fucking nineteen or something? I don't know if they ever say it, but he he looks really old. Well, she doesn't look. Wait, she's thirteen. So you're fourteen. She's a fourteen year old girl in that. And the craziest thing is that when Hilary Duff played her, I think. She was 14 or 15. Like, she's true to age in that movie. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. She never... Do you think we'll ever get the reboot? No, Hillary won't do it. And Disney she'll... sucks. No, she'll do yeah, it Disney just won't... on her she terms. Won't... Yeah, Disney exactly. just has to cave. They have to say, we'll put it on Hulu and it can be rated R. And then she'll do it. The thing that doesn't make sense about that reboot, though, is that Lizzie McGuire had no discernible personality traits. Like, Raven was, like, so funny, had a superpower, underratedly, (laughs) and was a fashion designer, and was a fashion designer, and Lizzie McGuire was just, like, had platform flip-flops. Like, like, if we rebooted it, it could be anybody. But she is a cartoon avatar who speaks to us. Raven had superpowers. Raven, I actually did forget during this entire conversation that Raven has a supernatural ability to see the future. I forgot about that. Wait, there's an element in it where she's like hiding it from her friends, right? And like eventually she comes out as. Oh, yeah. Is it a Hannah Montana arc? Like where like the first two episodes she has a secret and then she tells. I think like Chelsea always knows or. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to. Well, well, Hannah Montana is like so insane because the first episode, um, be it like Emily Osmond finds out, and the second episode, Mitchell Mitchell Musso finds out, and it just feels like they're just trying to get on. They're onboarding everyone to like Mm -hmm. the Hannah Montana, you know, internal memo of sorts, (laughs) and then they're like continuing on with the secret. But I feel like in Raven, they always know. I don't know though. Maybe Chelsea. Raven is crazy. 
Raven's crazy. Also, San Francisco. I used to watch that show and be like, I know where that is. <laughs> it's the implications of Full House. It's the implications of Full House. But then they go to the White House. Oh, Corey and the House. in the House is actually that. really good. That's one of the most successful spinoffs of all time. <laughs> really? No. I mean, I never I watched mean it. in execution. <laughs> oh. Well, Corey in the House feels dark to me because it's like, it feels like in the universe Raven and her mom died. Yes. Well, the mom, the mom leaves like halfway through that. So oh, Raven. Oh, right. And I remember being like, mom, where's the mom? And no the money mom in was the like, budget. She was probably like, she probably like negotiated her contract or something and they didn't like it. And they that's probably a weird did not to want your to child. pay another actress. Yeah. They had too many. Well, we talked about this recently. They had too many cooks in the kitchen, right? There's too many characters on that show. You think? I feel like it's Stan. I mean, Disney never has more than one parent, so. Well, Disney never has a mom. Disney loves killing moms. The boys in motion are so fucking hot. What's that? The boy band that Raven's best friends with. Oh, I just like, I don't boys, remember much. We are the boys in motion. We give you our devotion. Tell oh, me what you're trying no. to hide. And, <laughs> and they dress up as them. And like, don't you remember? They have to dress <laughs> oh, up as yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the best episode ever is when Raven eats her way out of the heating ducts in her high school by <laughs> no, eating the stinky cheese. <laughs> no, no, and she like, no, no. And she eats it. It's like, it's like body horror. Like she eats the stinky it's, cheese, it's get, so, gains 10 stinky. pounds, instantaneously like gains 10 pounds and just, and, and smashes through the heat ducts. That is the funniest scene in television history. And she's like, she was amazing. No, she's the Lucille Disney Ball only of, ever of has to time. figure out a few things, and one of them is which parent's going to be dead. Usually, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, which scene's going to? How many? How many episodes will feature an air shaft? And um, <laughs> if the boy and girl best friend will fuck each other, or if the girl main character and the boy best friend will fuck each other. Right, and it's never the main character. Raven is never. Yeah. Uh, is it? No, it's uh, Chelsea and, and, and McGuire. It is. Oh, you're right, yeah. But he's such an incel. Wait, but Lizzie McGuire has two parents. Yeah. Wizards had two parents. I mean, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. I guess yeah. Sweet Life just had mom. And Lizzie McGuire, what do the parents do? Well, Lizzie McGuire, the parents are The dad's like a like, scientist or something. They're so quirky and fun. Yeah. Does even Stevens have two parents? Yeah. Yeah. Even Stevens, the two main characters, right? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. I always feel like in the Disney original movies, it's normally when they have one parent. Oh, there's never two parents in Deep. Like, doesn't, like, Wendy Wu, Wendy Wu did not have two parents, unless I'm mistaken. <laughs> the she fact mo- that you go to Wendy Wu. <laughs> Wendy Wu was a huge, the best, but huge <laughs> deal for me. Wendy Wu was a huge deal because they had that. Because Brenda Song's P- so pretty. Well, they had that PSA in the beginning being like, this is the first DCOM movie that's PG, you guys. Do you remember that? No. They Why put a, a disclaimer because it's violent because there's martial arts violence. No, they put a disclaimer on it being like, this show, This is the first decom movie that is PG and because it features scenes of frighten, frighten, fright, and violence. And there's fright. all, like, they swear in it. They swear in it. They say like, Wait, but they some, say like, some Disney stuff is scarier than that and more inappropriate. Well, I feel like in the night, okay, so you know how like they had, pre-code Hollywood. Cross. What? I feel like the 90s... Do you remember Don't Look Under the Bed? No. Yeah, and You're, the Phantom yeah. of the Megaplex or whatever. Oh, like, like um, Haunted Mansion. Those were really scary. 
Yeah, but those aren't decom. Those are like those were in theaters. You're telling me Return to Halloween Town isn't PG because they are being horny in that. I think it's all G. The way that Kenny Ortega has his hand in every single <laughs> and he's like a oh no he's not a bad guy. Who's the bad guy? The iCarly guy. Schneider. Who oh, likes feet? Dan Schneider. Dan, no, he's the Dan one Schneider. who likes twelve year olds and their feet. So fucked up. We have to move on from this topic. Um, since we have Katie here who's the knower of all things well, nominations. Thank you, life. Thank you, love. And uh, it is true there is some angels in this city. Thank you so, so much. Katie, do you want to talk to us about what happened this week? Some guilds voted. Some guilds did vote, and they released some information. They gave us the nominations for DGA Directors Guild. WGA yes. Writers Guild and PGA and CDGA. Oh, is that wait? You say costume it? designers? Yeah, costume. Gucci got, I believe. I mean, they have a million categories. Like everyone's nominated because it's like sci-fi has its own category. Yeah, they like to reward people. It's a nice community. Everyone's getting an award for best dressed, so it has to be divided <laughs> into something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow that as closely, but I do see any time that Gucci gets nominated for something because my feed Google knows alert. that that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the nominations were interesting. I will say on the TV side, although I don't pay attention to TV as much, for the Director's Guild, I believe. All five were succession. Yes, which is crazy that you're allowed to like submit and sweep like that. It's insane, Yeah. I, I mean, I don't understand that at all because not all five episodes of Succession could be better than every episode of all other TV, directing-wise. But I don't, I don't know how the voting works exactly, but yeah, what you said is crazy. How it, it didn't even like split the vote. They still all got in. It's crazy. Is, it, is there a difference between limited and ongoing? Probably. I can't pay as much attention to TV because it stresses me. I'm just trying to think of what other things would have been nominated if not Succession, like... First, second, like I'm thinking, Mayor of East Town or White Lotus was this year. People no, White Lotus. The White Lotus was very much in part due to its direction. Oh, you think it's comedy? I think it's limited or comedy. Now I need to now I need to Google the TV ones because I wasn't paying as much attention. <laughs> the TV calendar though is so crazy because you can start with like the Guild Awards or you can start with the Emmys. So mm-hmm. you're competing against different seasons of TV depending on when you're released and what award show you're talking about so it gets very confusing unless you're deep in it like i can't keep track of what was a snub and what wasn't actually eligible Mm. okay directorial achievement in comedy series we have hacks which i believe is the pilot three ted lasso and then one white lotus three ted lasso wait and there's no insecure that that's crazy to me final season was that eligible though oh you think it's next year the, the, the first question you always have to ask yourself is, is it eligible? Because I forget half the time, and then you're like, oh, it doesn't actually count. I can't believe Ted Lasso has that sort of impact. Like, I haven't watched it, I know. but... People love It's just Apple Ted TV is, like, not accessible. The Ted Lassification of Apple TV. Yeah, they're, on, they're really lucky that, they, that Ted Lasso popped off like it did, because... I know, because their other slate, the rest of their slate's kind of... Mm. You know Dickinson is in its third season. Really? With our girl, Haley? I only know it because Z-Way is like on it sometimes. 
Wait, Haley Steinfeld is, is Dickinson, right? Yeah. yeah. Right away, right away, you do things to my body. I'm just like, that's why we haven't seen Haley Steinfeld in a while. She's like, she needs to drop TV. more music. Wait, she's the, I think she's one of the greatest artists ever. She's a directorial achievement in being a child or actorial, I mean. Yeah, she got she got nominated actorial. She got a big girl nomination. <laughs> she needs to make more music. I love her music. It was good. Yeah, iconic song about masturbation. Why was that her first single though? That was my question. I know. She could have waited like one song. Baby girl. You know what I love? Flashlight from Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking I'm looking up her discography right now. I just need to know. We can't move from DGA to a Haley Steinfeld discography. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a tick. <laughs> I know, but I have an issue. Oh my god, wait. I thought her music like would have done so much better. Starving had to have gone number 1, right? No, it was 12 and Love Myself hit 30. What the fuck? 30? 30? That song was everywhere. Every CVS. She, she, she would have been our grade. Okay. I just looked it up. December 96. Anything um, else about DGA, Katie, before we move on to WGA? Um, if I have my stat correct, I believe Steven Spielberg <laughs> has been nominated for DGA in the past, like, six decades. I think in the, in the 2020s, 2010s, 2000s, 1990s, 1980s, and I think 1970s. What was his first? I'm going to Google it because I don't actually remember. I just saw that stat and it was someone had tweeted it and it sounded very legit. It's something you'd believe. Yeah, I believe it. I believe a lot of Twitter in the sense that maybe I shouldn't. Oh, wait, my other DGA thing is that Catherine Bigelow, who won an Oscar for directing The Hurt Locker, is yeah. nominated for the first an woman to commercial. ever win that Oscar. Yeah. She's, not, she's nominated for directing an iPhone commercial this year. Wait, actually? Doesn't that make you think? Yes. Wait, let me find that also. She probably got a lot of fucking money from doing that. To direct? Like, Ridley Scott directed the most iconic Apple iPhone commercial. Or not iPhone, but Apple commercial. The 1984 one was Ridley Scott. Oh. Yeah. That I mean, one's hilarious. If you're a prestige director, you're either doing Chanel number no. 5 or you're doing Apple. Or you're doing music videos in the late in the 80s. David Fincher. Totally. Wait, he's made so many music videos. He's amazing. What has Fincher done for music videos? Uh, Vogue, Express Yourself, like every Madonna video in the early 90s. Okay, wait, the first Spielberg nomination was in 1975 for a little film called Jaws. Oh, that's what I was going to guess, but I was like, if I had been so off base, I would have felt really embarrassed, but I was going to guess Jaws. Do you need to trust yourself? Well, I thought Jaws was in the 80s, honestly, like 81. It's 1975. That's crazy that Jaws came out, like, when our parents were children. That would have been a terrifying movie to come out when you were, like, fucking 12. Yeah, and you've, like, literally never seen a movie before. Like, movies did not exist back then. Not like that. Well, oh, like, blockbusters, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was the first blockbuster. It makes it really scary, and it's, um... Yeah, that movie's still scary. It's still the best shark movie ever. And, you know, what's number two? The Shallows. <laughs> no, dude, it's Sharknado. You're just saying that Sharknado doesn't count. No, I've seen all the Sharknados. Sharknado's not canon. Aren't there like five of them? Yeah. And you're saying you've watched all. What's the other one? It's like Sharknado versus Giant Croc or something. Sharktopus. <laughs> Let me look Oh up. my god, wait. They I go cry. versus something. The best kind of movies are versus movies. <laughs> oh, I guess maybe they don't go versus anything. Lava Lantula no. is a spinoff about tarantulas. The Piranha movies are pretty good. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about that. There's definitely giant shark versus giant octopus. 
Mm-hmm. There's like Megalodon versus the octopus or something. Mega shark versus giant octopus, yeah. which is it's very aptly named. That's awesome. Oh, wait, this is the Megalodon movie, which is actually kind of good. It's its own genre almost. But I think that's different from actual shark movies because that's almost like sci-fi and like The Shallows is a survival movie and same with Jaws. Jaws kind of weaves in like politics even, some might say. And like inner 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 personal <laughs> relationships. I was actually I so. just reading on Night by Eli Wiesel's uh, Wikipedia page about that thing in media, an unheeded. Speak it. <laughs> I mean, Speak it. I I really depressingly the other day for no reason right as I was leaving work it was actually yesterday I read the entire Night by. Eli Wiesel's Facebook, uh, Wikipedia page for no reason. I've read the book. I just wanted to depress my... Oh, I, I, well, I read it because it was the Holocaust Day of Remembrance, I guess. Sorry, let me tell you what it is. Because Moisha comes back and he is the um, unheeded witness. A, Cassa- a Cassandra complex. So in Jaws, there's a bunch of unheeded witnesses. You guys mute now? <laughs> I just I don't know what any of those words mean. Yeah, I'm not sure how to react. In jo- like, it's the boy who cried wolf, but they're not crying wolf. They're an unheated witness. Oh. So in oh, night, they're, they're, Moisha they're goes and and comes back alive and says they're killing the Jews. And they're like, no way. Oh. And so the sharks are killing, the sharks killing people. Yeah, there's a bunch of unheated witnesses in Jaws. Right. Right. And the mayor is, the mayor is, is, is prioritizing summer tourism. Yes. It's about capitalism. Over the lives of his constituents. It's honestly about local, yeah, it's about capitalism and local politics and New England summer culture. Okay, so now that we're done with Spielberg, anything else out of the DGA, Katie? (laughs) (laughs) The DGA has a category for people who directed for the first time. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the glass animals. Kind of, but they have clearer rules for it. So it's Is it it, your first feature? Yeah. For a first-time but feature like, film director. What if you made a feature and What if you made um, the applause for a cause? I don't know all the details <laughs> qualifies. I think probably, like, it'd have to just dis- be distributed, maybe. I don't know. I didn't read the fine mm-hmm. print. I just read the nominations, and Netflix did really well. They got Lost Daughter, Passing, some f- film called Prayers for the Stolen, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm. So it's interesting how you can crowd that category if you don't get the main one of just, like, achievement. I mean, those are all studio movies, so... There's money. Where's the indie? Well, there's also a neon film called Pig. And a utopia film called Shiva Baby that I believe you're familiar with. I'm familiar with Pig and with Shiva Baby because the Pig director has, um... um, He's directing the Quiet Place spinoff. I mean, all those people deserve it. Mm -hmm. Love Maggie Gyllenhaal. Love... What is her name? Rebecca Hall. Is that who did Passing? Passing was great. Um... Shiva Baby, obviously, that rocks. Emma Seligman. Yeah. I just rewatched Shiva Baby last week, actually. Which is in, the thing that got me on this time. The score, and I'd have to fact check this because I haven't watched this movie in a while. I swear to God, is identical. It's lifted from Thoroughbreds. I would rewatch Thoroughbreds. That sort of like, like one note of like a string instrument, like that. Mm. That, like, yeah. is all throughout Shiva Baby, I think is, like, adds to the atmosphere, but I think it's almost a little bit misplaced, where, like, they could have had some sound effects that 
got the anxiety across but didn't sound just like that. It sounds like thoroughbreds, I think, but I don't know. Yeah, some people like doing the strings, and then some people like just putting a lot of drums in there, like the bird. And some people like doing vocals. I really liked the White Lotus, like... That's what I'm saying, is, like, if White Lotus didn't have that, like, White Lotus would, like, have a completely different effect. Yeah. And I like how just like that, there's just nothing. We'll we'll get to that. (laughs) That's good. That's good stuff. I... Pig is... Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage um in he's, the running for Oscars. So he's been invited to like those potential nominee conversations and I think he's been doing Q&As and campaigning, but in my mind he's like one of the alternates. So when people give their mm-hmm. predictions, they'll say these are like the five that I think will get in. Here's like the next batch of five that wouldn't be so surprising cuz they have movies out this year and they got good reviews but like probably not going to get it. It's a tough Did he get category. a sag? Did he get a sag? No. SAG was, I think, Andrew Garfield, Will Smith. For what? Oh, for Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, for Tick, Tick, Boom. This is actually a really stacked year for acting in both genres. Yeah, big big year for the actors. Wait, did Emma Stone get any noms for Cruella? (laughs) She's, I think she's on the long list for BAFTA, if I didn't make that up. Yes, let's get it. That movie's good. I I don't, I can't believe I hate it That movie's amazing. I would vote for that for best picture. Like you have ten slots this year. This is the first I'm time. I'm not years. joking. I would I would vote for Corella for best picture. Like I at this point I don't know what the fucking metric is. I watched Shakespeare in Love recently. That got like nine Oscar nominations. It's shot like a Once Upon a Time on ABC episode. It's ridiculous. Gwyneth. Maybe Emma Stone didn't get long listed. I'm gonna look on her. But Corella is such a feat. Of costume design and acting prowess by two iconic Emmas. Emma Thompson is really good in that. I mean, I think it's like Achilles' heel is the Disney of it all, where well, they have you're the trying CGI. to where you can't let a bad person just inherently be bad when it's like Corella kills dogs, like she's allowed to be a crazy bitch, and the yeah. not theatrically releasing or day and dating it is you know. Wait, Emma Stone did get a Golden Globe nomination, which is like, now we don't really talk about the Globes, but she did get that. Because they were tweeted. The Globe Illusion will be tweeted about, do we do WGA? Oh, we're still on the GA. <laughs> no, I think WGA, the, the mess there is that like so many films are not eligible because they weren't written under the WGA agreement. So like I looked mm. at the list and I was shocked because some of the front runners weren't on there. But then I realized... What's the agreement? You mean just after it was signed? I don't know. That's just, like, the shorthand that explains why a lot of films aren't there. So, like, The Lost Daughter wasn't nominated, but I would think that that might get it. Because it's an Endeavor content film? (laughs) Yeah, they... I mean, the Endeavor content is, like, (laughs) the most violation of the WGA of all time, and that's why... The big Wait, they got bought? Oh, really? Yeah, they got divorced, mm-hmm. and then they got $795 million, finance. I think. Oh, my God. Right away, right away, you do things to my Nick. body. Sorry. The CJENM deal. Is that, like, big for a company? Uh, Yeah, it's almost a billion dollars. It's a lot. Well, I know it's um, $100 million is almost a billion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Hello Sunshine sold for, what, $2 billion? So <laughs> there's levels to this shit. Was it $2 billion, Katie? 
I don't remember the numbers. It was one or two. Um, Is Hello Sunshine a huge company? Yeah, because they're IP. 900 oh. million. 900 million. Damn. So Endeavor Content's worth less than Hello Sunshine. <laughs> but, that tracks. Um, Endeavor Content's having a... A good year. Yeah. They I mean, make everything. Lost Daughter. Cha-Cha Real Smooth just got... Apple, oh, it's just paying such a crazy amount for all of those Sundance. Yeah, fifteen million movies. for Cha Cha. It's a lot. I think it's like a thousand times what they spent. Have either of you seen Cha Cha Real Smooth? No, no, I didn't attend virtual Sundance. Did you? No, I attended last year. I have better things to do. Okay, so Oscars. Now that all of these these guilds have weighed in, all our major guilds. Have weighed in already, right? That was this um, Yes. Yeah, pretty much. So now we have a lot more information. We can inform our decisions. We do. What do you think? It's interesting. I don't know. I'm torn. Like the top picks for best picture right now, I'm on Gold Derby because I think that's an yeah. interesting website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll have like experts. They'll have people who I read yeah. in all of like the major trades who write about their predictions. And they'll compile all of that to say, here's who, if you're betting, who you should bet on for all these categories. So We should have Nate Silver tell us. Does Nate Silver tell us? Does oh, 538 maybe. run numbers on him? I don't go there, but I treat this like my 538 for awards. So Power of the Dog and Belfast are like the top two to a lot of people, but Power of the Dog... What? Belfast? Roma Bel- for white people? <laughs> <laughs> It won the audience <laughs> award at TIFF, which is typically predictive of at least a nomination and then often a win for Best Picture. So Wait, that's a good sign. But the power like of the Belfast, dog, I think, was right? runner-up. People like Belfast. People like both of those films. I watched Power of the Dog, but I had to turn it off because it was making me sad. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot I of movies. It. And Kirsten Dunst is awesome. I hope she gets nominated. And I think Jesse Plemons is awesome, too, honestly. He's going to have an Oscar one day. I forgot they were a couple until I watched the film and someone reminded me and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I always know that. That's well, like a you always know. in my mind. <laughs> it left he, my mind. Yeah. As a Friday Night's Light, Friday Night Lights fan. Um, so those are the top two, Belfast and, and Jane. That's Wait, what, what about like saying. There's also Spencer? What about Spanker? Spencer, the best chance they had was for lead actress, but then she didn't get SAG. Oh wait, no, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I cannot insane, believe yeah. the the being the Ricardos thing that we have going on that like has completely eclipsed not only Spencer, Spencer. but I don't know the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> I was talking to another industry baby last night who was confirmed, who not confirmed, who was convinced that Nicole's going to win Best Actress. She is. But, but that's so dark. I don't know. What has she won, Katie? Well, we haven't... I mean, she's gotten, like, some critics groups. But technically, the people who have the most... No, I mean, has Nicole... What, what's Nicole won an Oscar for? The Hours. Oh, she has won... Yeah, for what? Right. Oh, The Hours. The Hours. It's only because of the prosthetic nose. <laughs> it is! Yeah. No, you need a prosthetic nose to win an Oscar. That's the craziest prosthetic nose of all time. If I didn't know it was Nicole Kidman, I wouldn't. Know. She has a lot of noms, though. She didn't win for Satine. She got nominated. At D. Actually... Did she win, Katie? Who won that year? No, she only. I think she only has one. Um, <laughs> oh, Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball. People forget. 
Um, yes. So, Katie, what do you think's gonna... You think Will Smith's gonna win? I don't know. Andrew Garfield just started singing for us. Yeah. He's really good. I... He's good, but I cannot, um... I can't endorse Tick, Tick, Boom. But he has a situation where he has, like, two movies in one year that people like. And what was the other one? Spider-Man? kind of helps. No, well, Spider-Man... I guess, but like Tammy Faye, technically people also liked his performance in that. So then people are like voting for both films, but just for him, for the one. Mm. So it's interesting. Because mm. you never know how people decide their vote. Yeah, what it's do really you think about Nicole? I don't know. That category is really interesting. Someone was saying that they've never seen... There are three people who have ever skipped a SAG nomination and then won for their acting performance That's actually in the history of SAG. That's more than I would think. Only three people have ever done it, where you skip the nomination and you still win. People have skipped who? the nomination and then gotten nominated. Who are they? Who are the winners? It's like Marsha Gay Harden, um, Christoph Waltz, and I think Regina King. Christoph so Waltz it, is in the Woody Allen movie that came out this week or something. Christoph? But it's never been in the lead actress category is the interesting thing. So if Kristen Stewart, lead actress. Mm. So if it was... I feel really bad for her. That's really crazy and stupid because... I think she could still get a nomination, but it's it's tough. I mean, to get she it. won. She, she won the so fu- beautiful. I mean, she I won the fucking like French Academy Award, Venice Film Festival for Clouds of Sils Maria, and like <laughs> oh. she's not nearly as good in that movie. No, she won. She won the Caesar Best Actress, which was like insane because she was the first American woman to ever win it. Yeah, and I thought you meant for this year. No, 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 for Clouds of Souls Maria, but that's not even, like, nearly, it's, her performance is not nearly as good. Oh, no, I think she won Best Supporting, or Actress, okay. I don't know. Anyways. We make it? Um, what do you think about Supporting? What do you think Supporting is going to go go for? I don't know. It's really stressful to think about them at this stage, because it's also, like, increasingly difficult to predict these awards when people aren't in a room together, like, sharing their opinions. The whole virtual award season thing makes it really difficult to understand, like, how many people are actually attending events for certain films and what they're actually excited about. Do you think Don't Look Up's going to win Best Original Screenplay? Um, I don't. But it could. It what do you think might get be? nominated. Um, Everything's an adaptation. Which is I mean, issue. Belfast Belfast is an original, if I'm not mistaken. And people oh, seem mm. to like that. So perhaps Belfast is where I would bet. People love a period piece about Ireland. The Belfastification. The Romification. Dairy Girls for Boys. <laughs> Dairy Girls for Boys. There's only um, ever, in the history of the Oscars, there's been one woman to get nominated for cinematography, which was Rachel Morrison for Mudbound. So we may get yeah. um, another this year, which is exciting. Who? For, for Power Belfast? of the Dog. No, for Power of the Dog. Oh. I believe. And you think Jane might win Direction? It'd be crazy if a woman won back-to-back. That would be awesome. Yeah, she might. Yeah. Wait, it's who so won tough. Direction last year? Chloe Zhao. Nomad. Oh, right, 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 right. The gig worker movie. Wait, actually, the problem with Neil Young is now Neil Young's pitched to Bezos to do his music or something. Mm. Speaking of gig workers. Okay, so those are the Oscars. Um, to end the movie segment... Barbie started started principal photography three days ago. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's so exciting. My new favorite film is being made. 
I think that Ryan Gosling's like on on way too on the nose, but I mean I don't really understand know what the movie's gonna be at all, so I also don't care. You know, like is he is he Ken? Yeah, I thought Amy Schumer was supposed to be involved in this. Is she? I I think she dropped out or something. Why didn't Noah Baumbach have to co-write it? I like when they co-write. I just boys shouldn't be near. They did Francis High and Mistress America together. Francis High's good. I love Mistress America is my favorite movie, so I'm glad Noah's on the track. And then. From me reading about that, we got to the place where I found out that Lena Dunham is doing Polly Pockets <laughs> with Lily Collins, which is the worst news I've ever heard in my entire life and also completely unsurprising. For us to give the two people with the most influence on mumblecore culture, Polly Pocket and Barbie, seems a little counterintuitive. Like, I think it's, I think it's cool. Polly in Paris. Polly in Paris. <laughs> Lily Collins, like, <laughs> it should be a young person. Like, it should be like the Bratz movie. It should be a young, young, even younger but person. But Lily, Lily Collins can play 15. She's not gonna, though. It's gonna, it's literally gonna be called, like, this is what it's gonna be, is she's gonna be, like, some writer in New York, and she's gonna have a column named, like, Polly's <laughs> Pocket Bag. <laughs> <laughs> And her real name's gonna, they're gonna, Paulina, and, but everybody calls her Polly, like, if I can see it, I can see it all in my head. Wait, okay, I'm realizing right now that I am mixing up Polly Pocket with Strawberry Shortcake. Mm. I don't think I know either of them. I mean, the thing about Polly Pocket is there's, like, no lore around it either. Right, she's a plastic doll that you put, you, she's a plastic figurine that you put clothes on. But I thought it was Strawberry Shortcake because Strawberry Shortcake lives in this crazy candy world with all her pastry. Yeah, Strawberry Shortcake has, like, a whole thing. Wait, so is she gonna be blonde for this? I mean, I just, it's, I'm gonna make it fall through. Polly (laughs) Polly Pocket's (laughs) coming up blonde when I Google. Yeah, yeah, she's blonde. Will her hair still have those perfect curls? I mean, Lily can dye her hair, relax. No, it's gonna be a wig. No, I care about the wig. Well, Polly Pocket seems to live in a shell of sorts. Polly Pocket lives in the backseat of a pink stretch limo's hot tub. Look at up. I just don't understand. (laughs) Plays music. Like, but she seems to live in like these little capsules that open up and have all her toys and like clothes inside. Do you see what I'm saying? I had a house. All the Polly Pocket sets come with, like, a house of sorts. Some kind of, like, openable. She scares me. you had a Polly Pocket? I had a bunch of Polly Pockets. I love chewing on that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) My older sister had a Polly Pocket. No one has a Polly Pocket. You have Polly Pockets. It's not like having a Barbie. Right, right. But, like, yeah, so I'm saying they're sets. I thought, I I seriously thought, because when you texted us that, I thought you were talking about Strawberry Shortcake the entire time. I want to make the Candyland movie mm. <laughs> so badly. Oh, I need to write that down. I need to add that to my slate. Like, it needs to be, like, it needs to be really fun and, like, kind of queer-coded. And you don't think I could do that? No, you could do it. I'm saying you could. Does anyone have anything else to say about movies? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to TV? Oh, do I look like I'm in Oklahoma? Why would your play be set in Oklahoma? You thought I was auditioning for Oklahoma. I haven't read it. So. Are you making fun of me or did you actually think I was auditioning for Oklahoma? Nick started watching In Just Like That, the best show ever. <laughs> I'm actually watching Just In Just Like That and Station Eleven, like kind of at the same time. So I'm like candy flipping emotions. I actually have Station Eleven written down in case you wanted to talk about it. 
it's amazing. I mean, it's not amazing. It's good. But what's that about? Dystopia. <sighs> oh my god! It's about life. It's about dystopia. It's about pandemic. It's post-apocalyptic. I knew it. It's anything it's after with a, a flu. <laughs> anything with a number in the name. A station. It's like after the flu wipes out the world. Which, like, I was like, I don't want to watch anything related to, like, a pandemic because of obvious reasons, but it's not, it, it's completely different, because it's, they don't really focus on it, it's just like, the, that's what happens, and then you, like, go into other things. So, and just like that, thoughts? Um, it's the final episode next week. I haven't, I'm still on episode six or seven. Um, it's actually good music, it's not music, it's, like, background music, it's good for watching when I work. Um, the problem that I have and that I have identified is that I will watch anything that like looks good and doesn't cause me insane amount of stress. So mm. like I could watch 20 seasons of this, even though I hate it so much. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I it's too. like such a tragedy. I mean, it's the same thing with like Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris is better though. Emily in Paris like is. Emily in Paris doesn't have any source material to live up to. Yeah. Yeah. Emily but, and Paris, and just yeah, like Emily that, Paris, like, yeah. I could watch it forever because Sarah Jessica Parker's so enchanting and the clothing is good and it's filmed like a commercial. Like, I'm never yeah. gonna not watch it. But God, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's like it's a tricky it's, travesty. It's sad and bad and it's deranged. Like, there's an, it's crazy. Why is Kim Cattrall doing? How I Met Your Father, but not that. Because she hates those women. She has her fucking reasons. I think they're going to offer her so much fucking money and she's going to come back. That's clearly what they're banking on because mm. they have her send a text message like every episode. <laughs> it's so creepy. Like they have Carrie back in her original apartment, but it's like jumbo sized <laughs> because they like she, they can't have her in a small apartment. So they've just made the set bigger. And covered it in the world's worst wallpaper. Oh, so she moves out. She moves out. Spoilers. She moves out of the modern apartment. Seema gets her. <laughs> the CGI the department. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That made no sense. Like, why? When she's like, I just don't know if this apartment's me. And then they're like, well, don't buy it. And she's like, well, I already signed the paperwork. And it's like, so why that's are you what I'm saying is like, <laughs> something happened and that's a reshoot. It's crazy, Katie. <laughs> like, she moves out. She has this beautiful apartment that she has to move out of because her husband's died. And it's traumatic. And so she moves into this ultra-modern downtown apartment when she's always been, like, an Upper East Side girl. And the apartment that she moves into is CGI'd. <laughs> I, saw one, I saw one episode, but she goes to visit her old apartment. And then she's like, I think I want to go here. No, and now, so she sells that, she yeah. buys it, she sells it the next day, and she moves into her <laughs> old apartment that she's always kept. I really love your reshoot theories. On every show, you have one, and I think... They're... It doesn't, no, this makes no sense. It was something happened where they had to do that. They must have, like, knocked down that set. <laughs> I don't know. It's an abomination. No, they clearly had a reshoot <laughs> problem because Miranda has a wig on half the time. And, like, the whole point is that, like, it's her, like, the actress Cynthia Nixon has gray hair now. And so, therefore, the character has to have gray hair. But now she's in a wig. <laughs> so they wait what episode is she in a wig like not in the beginning right all of them now like but from episode, like episode four one. on it's half oh. but it's half wigs she's not always <laughs> in a wig so it's a reshoot it's crazy the poor script supervisor on that show <laughs> like i can't wait to watch more today 
Um, okay, not to belabor the point of Julia Fox and Kanye West because everybody has said their thoughts and peace on this, but, like, I don't understand why anybody cares about that makeup. Like, it's not that crazy makeup, right? It's bad, though. It looks bad. But people wear that kind of shit all the time. It's like... But they do it better. Black Swan's lasting impact. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they do it better, though, normally, when they do it. And I it thought that was like her best it, outfit like so charcoal. far, the denim thing. No, I like the outfits. I don't think... I think... Well, he did it himself, and it's like, okay, so you just I actually, like, think that we're going through a great era of dating couples stuff. Yeah, I'm, as long as they're I'm happy. glad that she's staying relevant. I was wondering what, you know, sort of next... For yeah, her. what her next thing was. <laughs> and she found her new project. She's the most beautiful woman alive. She found her new project, and maybe... Julia doesn't have a voice for podcasting. Not like us. You say, as you yawn. <laughs> I don't actually know what she sounds like. I need to listen. She's a lisp. Oh, she's a lisp. That's awesome. I love people with lisps. You've never seen Uncut Gems? No. <laughs> oh, well, you, ha- I, you have I've seen Good Time, but not where Uncut she's Gems. Her, that's where she's her sexiest. She's so, I know. so hot. And it's one of those movies that, like, everyone... But, like, I wanted to see it, and then everyone kept being like, it's so good, but it's so stressful. And every time I'm, like, I'm in the mood to see this movie, it's not the same time that it's, like, available on my screen. Every, like, every time it comes across my screen, I'm like, I don't want to be stressed out right now and watch this movie. I saw it alone in the arc light, and right before I saw it, I saw Danny DeVito. Right outside the heart. <laughs> wait, actual, wait, actual Danny DeVito or the yeah, the actual Danny DeVito. <laughs> what who's, what is the other? Are you thinking of yeah, actual Danny DeVito <laughs> taking pictures with kids? How often are you trying yeah. to do this? Is it weekly? Duh, stuff happens yeah, every duh. week. Yeah, the world doesn't stop stopping. I don't know. There's like way more current events, but I just couldn't think about anything other than Julia Fox and Kanye West. It's like all oh, that's in my brain right now. Which is depressing. Um, this was illuminating and enlightening. This was really fun. You could be my lucky star. Okay. Bye. <laughs>